0: Welcome and thanks for joining the Let's Talk Digital Marketing Podcast. Join host Mike Sharp of Mike's Online Academy.com as he shares valuable insights and advice helping you to become digitally inspired. That's here on the Let's Talk Digital Marketing Podcast. Oh, there you go, in progress. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, so you're, uh, so basically you're, you're, gareth robertson from uh, design pit yeah uh, so a graphic designer um uh, podcaster yeah with pod pit yeah, uh, yeah. and author uh, yeah sort <laughs> of <laughs> that yeah obe obe
0: <laughs> <laughs> no 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 I think it's probably
1: more accurate <laughs> <appropriate>, for <laughs> me, but yeah,
0: <laughs> so it's
1: good to have you. Um, <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we'll start just with a, I suppose, a brief outline of how you came to this point, like how you started and how um, design pit came to be into being.
0: What cool. Okay. Yeah, so Design pit's ten years old this year. Um, I've uh, always been a graphic designer, so I went to university, uh, finished in two thousand and five, and I was very fortunate. I managed to get a job about four months after finishing, which is quite quick, really, in in the industry at the time. Um, and I basically went straight into a job for a small little boutique design agency up in the Midlands, where I'm originally from, um, and. Uh, it was a brilliant place to learn my craft and my trade and learn about the industry because being a small company, I was sort of placed into meetings with CEOs of like rather large companies and also like down to the micro business sort of at end of the scale with sole owner, owner managed operators and everything in between really. So I've always had that exposure to, you know, a variety of business people and that kind of, so to see the thought that one day I would like to have, my own business and do this for myself um I stayed at that company for about seven years and then um I had a bit of personal upheaval in my in my uh, my life at the time and um I I ended up splitting up with an ex and ended up moving back to my parents house because I had nowhere else to live um and then um I decided at that point that I think I was about 27 at the time I decided then that, like, I, I, up to that point, I'd always made very safe, sound, logical, sensible decisions in life. Certainly in my profession, like, as a, you know, a professional capacity, uh, and I decided that, you know, if I'm going to do something a bit wild and wacky, now is a great opportunity to do it because I've got no kids, I've got no mortgage, you know, I, I'm living, you know, at my mom and dad's again. Um, I've got. No forward plan, really, because I wasn't expecting to be in this position. So I sold my car, quit my job and went travelling. And I went to Australia um, and had about two or three months out there to sort of clear my head. And I actually had a visa for 12 months, but I ran out of money. (laughs) Um, So um, I had the holiday of a lifetime, basically, travelling across Australia. And it was just what I needed at the time. And I was literally backpacking on my Todd you know, on the other side of the world. Um, and it sort of, you know, it, in my head, I was thinking, look, if, if, if I can do this on my own, um, I can surely set a business up in the UK with all my friends and family close by, you know, that support network. I've got to be able to do this. So it gave me a sort of renewed sense of confidence to go with my gut feeling, which was to, you know, try and make it setting up on my own so i came back from ours and uh set the company up uh, i was based in a corner of a spare bedroom at my mum and dad's old house and uh my mum and dad were amazing they they uh, i owe them so so much in terms of the business because they kept me for six six months or so it said you know look you know if you want to do this you're passionate about it we can see that so get going um don't pay us any rent you know just just get yourself up and running well i didn't take a wage for the first year <laughs> um i literally just took out enough to you know eat and play rugby at the weekends and um you know i helped out as much as i could around my mom and dad's but they were amazing to sort of support me through those early days wow. um started networking and started to get a name for myself locally and shortly after i met my I met sarah who later we'd, we'd get married so um you know that was a that that relationship has sort of coincided with the growth of the business really at the end of that first year when I met her um and then we moved in together and you know things just started to happen really and I'm you know very very lucky that I did take the leap because as soon as I took control and, and set the business up um I started to really enjoy my days a lot more than I ever had before. I really enjoyed design, but it, it, it means so much more when it's for you. And, um, yeah, I was really fortunate that, um, it's, uh, it's, you know, in the last sort of 10 years, which is a quarter of my life, so much has changed. You know, the business has grown, established, you know, in, in you know, a good re- reputation, you know, we bought, we got married, bought a house, had a baby, you know, it, uh, all of that's happened in, in in a quarter of my life. And up to that point, I didn't really know, you know, I was quite happy just doing my job, enjoying my days, you know, playing rugby at the weekend, going to the gym, like not really thinking too far ahead, but, you know, I think taking control and going on my own, it sort of helped me, you know, become a more rounded person and, and plan ahead a bit more. So, so Yeah. yeah.
1: And that was in Birmingham, was it? Well, north of
0: Birmingham, yeah. So I, I'm originally from Lichfield, which is actually in Staffordshire, but the central Birmingham train line north, the last stop is is Lichfield. So i always say birmingham because people don't necessarily know where litchfield is because it's quite a small little city but um, but yeah so I, my accent is actually a staffordshire accent not not a brummy uh, accent which a lot of people down here do mistake but uh, i don't mind because yeah it gets me remembered if <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> so what made you move down to salisbury uh,
0: well um the business um was uh, it was creaking, should we say? And you know, every business goes through ups and downs, and we we were going through a bit of a a bit of a low point in 2000. I think it's it really started sort of back end of 2017, early 2018, and for a, a good 18 months, two years, um, the business really struggled, and it, and it was all around the uncertainty around Brexit. So, some of my bigger clients, two or three of them, were particularly sort of uh, well, there were big clients and and they had links in Europe and all of the uncertainty around Brexit um, forced them to assess their spend and, and, you know, rightly or wrongly, wrongly, in my opinion, marketing is often one of the first places that, you know, spend gets cut. And, um, you know, one of the biggest company that I was working with, which was, you know, a reasonable chunk of the turnover, um, just turn the taps off Um, and and what compounded it was that I can't remember exactly how many, but say that say in this company, there were 25 brand or 20, 20 brand managers uh, for different products. I was probably talking to 14 or 15 of them and doing work with them. So of those 15 people that I was talking to, um, I'd say probably 12 of them moved roles, moved out of marketing or moved company At the same time that these cuts were being made, so it was just a perfect storm, really, and it was such a shame because we'd not really done anything wrong. I'd not really, you know, dropped the ball or anything like that. Um, It just, it was just a perfect storm, and and you know, the spend was cut Um, while this was going on. uh, Unfortunately, my wife, who's a teacher, and she was put at risk of redundancy because the school she was teaching at was um, threatening closure. It was a private school. Mm. Um, and uh, it, 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 I'm not going to say where it was, but it was very badly managed as a, as a school. And um, and I'll say that openly now in hindsight, because you know, it was quite clear at the time as well, really. And the uh, redundancy process was horrifically managed. Um, and unfortunately for my wife, um, she ended up sort of hanging on in the hope that there was an investor that would keep the school open ultimately didn't happen. Um, and she was, she didn't have a job to go back to in the September. So she had to go into a supply agency, which was just soul destroying work really.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and, um, yeah, it, she started looking for work for the, the academic year after, uh, which would have been, um, 2020, she couldn't find the job. Um, and, uh, I just said to her like, Widen the search because while she was going through that, I was busy restructuring the business and scaling it back, which was pretty soul destroying in itself. Um, mm. And um, I, uh, I sort of quickly realised that I could I could actually scale it right back to just me again. Work with on a collaboration model with some of my existing suppliers and, and contacts. Um, turnover significantly less. Um, have less clients but do more for them and in in going and switching to that model um i could um i could probably earn more than i was when i had more staff premises you know overheads were like significant you know i I think at one point i think at the point where i made the change the overhead to stand still each month was about nine grand a month which is a lot of money yeah when You know, when when some of your bigger clients are assessing spending and and stopping spending, um, like when I restructured, those overheads are right down now. I I, I think, you know, my overhead is significantly lower um, to the point where, you know, I don't worry about it at all because I know that I've got enough work month to month and I'm, you know, working with great clients, very fortunate, really. Um, so I was doing that and, and I quickly realized I don't need an office. I can work from anywhere. Um, and I said to Sarah, I said, just widen the search. You know, she said, well, how far wider? You know, we were living in the Midlands. And I said, anywhere, we can go and live anywhere. You find the job that you want to do for, the, for you at this point in your career. And we'll just move. So we did that. Um, she found a job in Salisbury. She applied, she got it, the house went on the market. We had a lovely house up in the Midlands, which sold really quickly. Um, so we got the buyer in place. Then we went into lockdown, <laughs> um, COVID hit. And yeah, so there was a bit of uncertainty around that, but, you know, um, we just soldiered through basically. We got the sale done, which was a bit of a uh, an up and down time, but we got there in the end and yeah, we're here now.
1: So. Yeah. So you were establishing yourself down here during the pandemic.
0: Yeah. So that's where we met, I think, wasn't it? A TBN, yeah. Boardroom yeah. Network. Um, so the plan, if COVID hadn't happened, my plan was to basically come down to the area in May, June, July, um, in the run-up to the move that we'd envisaged happening in August, and basically do, uh, you know, a couple of networking meetings in the local area. Um an idea marked uh, after some Google searching the boardroom network as one of the groups I was really keen to get involved with. Um, obviously, you know, I was quite happy to travel and do that, but then when COVID hit, everything went online and I noticed that there were, you know, quite vibrant meetings online happening. Um, and, uh, I thought, well, I might as well just join now because we're in lockdown going to be in lockdown for the foreseeable. It's quite obvious that was the case. Um, so I might as well just crack on and just earmark Thursday mornings as you know, that time putting in the groundwork basically. And that's what I did. So, and by the time we moved, I actually got some pretty good relationships built through the screen, you know, by doing that. So, um, if, if, you know, God forbid, if we have to have lockdowns again, if anyone's in a similar situation to me and you're trying to move your business, get networking online because it really worked for me.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had a similar experience. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It, certainly, it certainly helped me in, in many ways in terms of uh, yeah. business and marketing. Yeah. Because um, you're Mancunian, aren't you, originally? You're from yeah. north. Yeah. yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Long time yeah. ago, back in the distant past. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> so, uh... with uh, graphic design, um, yeah. obviously, it touches on digital marketing. Um, yeah what would you say would be your your advice to digital marketers or any business when it comes to graphic design do you have what advice would you give to someone just starting out and getting their brand sorted out and
0: yeah I think the key thing really like, I think my business is is slightly more than just graphic design it, it, it like I sort of encroach into the world of marketing as well um, uh, in the terms of like, I can help people and businesses uh, and support them with their marketing plans. Um, because I do believe that design and marketing are intrinsically linked. You can't have one without the other. Um, there will come a, a time in every business's lifespan where they will need you know significant support from graphic designers. Um, as they start to build their brand and identity, and and form a marketing strategy around that uh, within their marketplace. So, um, you know, I was I was watching the Apprentice the other day, and um, one of the one of the things that is very apparent in all of the tasks that these people do on the Apprentice is that they always have to do they always have to brand. The task, so they have to mm. create an identity for it. They have to create a logo for it, and they have to create, you know, that that identity and ethos around, you know, whatever it is they've been tasked to do. And it's really interesting that because um, I know that everyone says, you know, you, you always get beaten down on price, and it's just part of life and business. But um, doing design on the cheap is not the answer. Doing design right. Is the answer. So, finding a design support partner service provider that you get on with, talk to, relate to, and who asks the right questions to really get under the bonnet of your business, like that's the person you need to be relying on. And it should cost what it costs. So, you know, don't see graphic design as a cost, see it as an investment because Mm. without, like, graphic design builds the credibility around your business um, because visually you need to look appealing to the right type of person so and this is where the blurred lines start i think because you've got design gives you those visual bullets but marketing is the gun that fires them so I, i always think you've like people start in the wrong place a lot of the time with marketing and they start with what they think is right which is the obvious place to start a lot of the time but um what you really need to do is start by thinking about what your customer wants, because you don't buy from you, your customer does. So it's really key to build a customer profile, you know, for the right type of person that's fit for your business. Um, And then if you've got existing customers in place, be in touch with them quite regularly for feedback, ask them what what you're doing well, ask them what you're not doing so well, ask them if there's anything else you could be doing and, and, and areas where you could improve, because if you don't have that, don't collect that data, then you're not going to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and this is where you need to, as a designer, that information is key to me to be able to design something that is fit for purpose. And, you know, if you've not got a, if you've not got a purpose for a design, it's just art yeah you know yeah, yeah. so yeah. so that's uh, basically i suppose it's a really long answer this <laughs> but uh, for, for a new for, for a new business starting out or smaller businesses you know don't do design on the cheap don't do it yourself get someone in who knows what they're doing and invest in design because it is so important to paint your picture in the best possible light i mean
1: would this apply to People like window cleaners and mm. even they even they should have a branding and absolutely marketing and branding. A lot of people it, I should say. Yeah,
0: a lot of people who are you know small like tradies, for example, you know, oh I haven't got a brand. Well if you've got a reputation, yeah. Um, and if you've got a reputation, then you've got a brand because yeah. effectively they're one of the same thing. You know, if you're known because as as a window cleaner, because you turn up on time to do your quote, you turn up on time to do the clean, you put your, your, you know, you turn up to collect your money when you say, or you set up your direct debit when you say you're going to do it. The windows are always clean. You're always smart and tidy. Your van's always been cleaned. You know, if you get known for these things, then that's your reputation. But ultimately that is what feeds into your brand identity as well. So for anyone who says like, you know, well, we get a lot of our work based on our reputation. Well, there you go. You've got a brand. Yeah. So yeah, very, it, it is yeah. important for, for small micro businesses right up to, obviously it gets more complex as you get bigger, you know, um, there's more things to consider, but yeah, everyone's got a brand, whether they like it or not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's very true. Uh, yeah. so part of your services include not just graphic design then, but also you work on things like, uh, reputation reputation marketing uh consistency yeah
0: Yeah. so i'm actually we were just talking before we started the recording but um i've just started uh, well i've not started it was a while ago that i've started to develop it but i'm in the process of rolling out some um testing for some workshops that i'm about to launch hopefully later this year sort of may june time where um i basically take Small groups of business owners, probably more towards the micro end of the scale, Um, you know, micro and SME business owners um, to to really help them to understand what a brand is, what an identity is, what a logo is, how these things interact with each other, because they're all different. They all support one another. Talk about customer profiling, understanding who your customer is, where they are, what they do, what they look like. And all of that. Um, then building CVPs, customer value proposition. So, once you know what your customer looks like, that profile is, how do you talk to them? What's in it for them? Where's the value? Um, we start to develop unique selling propositions. We start to develop a real uncover really what the mission of your business is, because every business has one. It's just you might not know it yet. Mm. Um, and then talk about the marketing mix um and how you can develop a 90-day marketing plan um that will help you you stay on track and so you are saying the right things at the right time to the right people and that you um that you you are consistent with it because consistency is key with marketing if it works keep doing it and if it stops working stop and do something else that does work you know that's basically the nuts and bolts of it You know, if you've not got customers coming into your business, then you haven't got a business. So that that marketing activity that funnels that and funnels people in, the right type of people in, you know, you need to, you need to be able to look at that, identify what's working and and keep doing it and doing it, improving it, doing it better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned uh, before the recording started about um, different social, social media channels. And uh, what's your opinion on on using social media for branding and marketing?
0: Uh, Obviously, it depends on the business. um, But I would say as a broad brush comment, social media is critical to businesses in some way, shape or form. Businesses will need to leverage social media and online networking in different ways. I know you're a big avid fan of Facebook, obviously with what you do in your business. I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook, as we were saying. Um, But um, that's more to do with the fact that I'm I'm personally, I used to use Facebook a lot and, and I've stepped right back from it recently because through the lockdowns and the pandemics, I just got really tired of the fake news and the opinions that were shared. People get so irate about stuff that you can't control, so why bother, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I've stepped right back from that. Um, and it's kind of followed in my business as well, that I, I, I focus my attentions on areas where I feel um, I can have, I can garner the most exposure, And I think that's a really key point for businesses of all shapes and sizes. You don't have to be on everything, you know, unless you are Guinness or Nike or Audi, you don't have to have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, LinkedIn. You don't have to have all of them because your customers won't be on all of them. You know, you need to identify When you do your customer profiling, you need to identify where your customers are and then make sure you're in that space as well. So if if you sell, if you're an IFA, for example, uh, and you're selling um, pensions or you're selling, I don't know, later life planning advice or funeral plans or stuff like that, you don't really need to be on TikTok or Snapchat because that's full of kids So you might as well just, if you are on Snapchat and TikTok, doing whatever you do as an IFA on one of those platforms, (laughs) um, you might as well just go into a room that's empty and just start talking to yourself because the right type of person is not going to approach you and you're not going to get engagement. And, you know, you might have a bit of fun doing some silly stuff on there, but it ain't going to really support and, and develop your businesses anyway. But you might want to really consider about moving your efforts and attention time And money to putting stuff onto LinkedIn because that's a more professional platform where you've got a slightly older demographic. Facebook could be another one because the demographic of Facebook is, you know, growing older. Um, you know, you know, yeah, I mean, I think like my age group is probably one of the most well-represented brackets there. Um, but you know, you just need to It all comes back to knowing who your customer is and that will inform you on what digital platforms you need to engage with the most.
1: So, Which ones do you engage
0: with the most? Um, For me, I really like Instagram. Um, I seem to get quite a lot of good engagement on there. I find it's a really nice community feel. Uh, in comparison to Facebook. So I think I've got like 600 followers on there, which isn't massive, but it's quite an engaged following. Mm. You know, I do get comments, I do get likes, um, which, is, which is good. Um, I use it as a sort of a, a daily diary, um, quick folio sort of um, showcase. Um, Facebook was my go-to previously. Um, I've got 1,500 followers on there. I do post to that, but I don't necessarily monitor it as much as I used to. Uh, So for social media, they're the two that I go to. Deleted Twitter about three or four years ago, just didn't really get any traction on there. Didn't really like it. It was a bit of a, I think it's a dying platform, if I'm brutally honest. Um, But yeah, uh, Facebook is, it's there. Um, Instagram's my go-to probably. Uh, But I do a lot more on LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is the right type of place for me to be because I sell B2B business to business. um, Mm -hmm. And LinkedIn is full of business owners, decision makers, you know, that's where I need to be. So I put a lot of time and effort into content for that really.
1: Yeah. 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 I've seen your content and it is engaging. Definitely. It's what we aim for. (laughs) So this year you're celebrating 10 years in business. Yeah. Design pit. Yes. And yeah. You've released a book called Decade.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, can you tell me a bit about that?
0: Yeah, so Decade Author. I've never been called an author before, Mike. Author. It's yeah, you're an I nice that. That. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I, I decided to celebrate the um the, the decade to by writing a book basically and showcasing the work that I've done over the first 10 years in business, um, which is quite nice, actually, quite nostalgic to look back and remember some of the jobs that I'd forgotten about. Um, I've got quite a robust archiving system. So it was quite nice to check the dates and go through and, you know, see um, what was going on in what year and remember, you know, the times that we've had. So that was quite nice. And I sort of, did it in 12 chapters, basically. So um, every year there's like a bit of text, you know, to sort of go into more detail about what was going on. So some of the early years were a shorter than the more recent ones, because obviously it's easier to recall more recent stuff. But, um, um, but yeah, it was a really nice um, project to do. It took about six months last year. Um, uh, lots and lots of visual references. And um, I decided to write the book produce a limited first edition run and then um basically sell copies and all of the profits would, would support a charity that's very close to my heart uh, Parkinson's UK my mum suffers from Parkinson's and mm. it's a truly horrible disease and uh I think people see Muhammad Ali and Michael J Fox who've got like tremors in their hands and whatnot um and, and think that's it but I can tell you for a cast-iron certainty, it is a truly horrible disease that gets a lot worse than that. Um, And uh, I've supported them over the years, and and I thought this would be a great way to showcase what I do, showcase what I've done, um, share my journey, uh, as interesting or not interesting as that may be to people, um, but also showcase my ability to design a nice book and, and produce Good quality printed products, which is something else I do through the business uh, and raise money for a really good cause at the same time. So there's a lot of PR and promo, and you know, use that to market the business as well. And um, while I've been promoting it, and 50 copies, and you've just bought one, I've only got six left to sell. So if anyone wants one, just give us a shout.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll put uh, your details um, when the podcast is released. I'll put your details cool. uh, in the show notes, but hopefully yeah. by then. They'll be sold out. They might have all gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might have all gone. <laughs> so, but yeah,
0: now thanks for the shouts out there, mate. Appreciate. No, that's that. right.
1: That's right. We're drawing to the end of the interview. Um, yeah. If you don't mind, I'm going to ask you some uh, random questions. Yeah. Don't worry. They're not. Uh, they're not too deep. Uh, I am worried. I am worried. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what is your favourite? type of music oh crikey um
0: i like a bit of old school rock a bit of ACDC, um mm. quite like a bit of rammstein as well in the gym quite like a bit of proper grunty loud metal rock stuff like that
1: yeah do you like any cheesy stuff as well um partial to a bit of elton john yeah that's cheesy yeah that's
0: quite cheesy isn't it some of his stuff um but yeah like quite like queen as well i think queen's quite cool actually since the we will rock you film came out with Remy malik it's got they've got really cool again but yeah i quite like queen yeah um but yeah anything with like proper instruments really and not too electric electronic is good for me
1: yeah cool that sounds good yeah Uh, favorite film
0: Oh, crikey. I've probably got about 50 favourite films in different genres. Like, um, oh, love Star Wars. Like, any of the Star Wars films, probably the original three, four, five, six. Um, I love all of them. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Really love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, I I do quite like a good epic sort of... um, have you ever seen The Last of the Mohicans no. with Daniel Day-Lewis? No. That's a good film. I quite like the sort of epicness of, like, you know, old historical stories that might not be factually true or based on any truth, but they sort of, like, depict a story within a time. And, you know, The Last of the Mohicans is a bloody good film, and, yeah, I quite like that.
1: Yeah. OK. Great. Um, Favourite food?
0: Oh Christ, mate, that's really tough. That is because I like food <laughs> uh, generally. Uh, love a curry. I do, like, being a Brummie as well, I do like a curry. Um, what I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit soft now that I, I got up when I was at uni because I went to university in Stoke on Trent um, and they had some nice curry houses up there actually because it's in the north of the Midlands still. Uh, and there's a gang of us at uni and we got up to sort of like seriously hot you have to train your taste buds but we got up to like beyond the madras is it we I I had a file once if anyone's had a file, that is a super hot curry but <laughs> i don't think, i don't think i could do it anymore i don't think i could put so myself through
1: it initiation ceremony
0: yeah 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 it's like one of those toilet roll in the freezer overnight jobbies <laughs> that was
1: <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> okay favorite artist Do you know what?
0: I'm going to say my dad. Wow! Because my dad paints, and he paints abstract landscape, and I absolutely love his stuff. Um, he's got a great website that designed by a really great graphic designer, um, called Peter Peter Robertson dot Art, um, and he's got some beautiful really nice abstract painting he's got a couple of collections he's currently working on his third but um yeah like and i'm super proud of my dad because he uh, is retired and he's gone back to painting after many years uh, and he's making a serious go of it and he's getting a good reputation he's got a couple of collectors now and he does this all while supporting my mum who's obviously quite poorly with parkinson's um so it's a bit of a release for him but he's been really good uh, you know sticking with it over the years when it's become more challenging and i'm super proud of my dad and uh, he's definitely my favorite artist yeah
1: wow wow okay um favorite quote
0: uh trust your gut rarely is it wrong gareth robertson 38 salisbury <laughs> <laughs> i've said it right. for years i don't know where i heard it i'm gonna cl- i can't remember where i heard it but i'm gonna claim it as my own but yeah. trust your gut because if it feels wrong it probably is if it feels right yeah you'll be all right yeah That's very really. succinct yeah motto for life
1: <laughs> yeah brilliant gareth uh thank you for being a great uh, subject a great um <laughs> subject <laughs> like that. for my uh, <laughs> podcast <laughs>
0: Uh, thanks for having me on, mate. Really, really enjoyed chatting. And uh, yeah, uh, when we launch the next series of my podcast, I'll give you a shout. We'll get you on. We'll have a, the return leg.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.